Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is July 7th. In 1981, President Ronald Reagan nominated Sandra Day O'Connor, an Arizona Court of Appeals judge, to be the first woman Supreme Court justice in U.S. history. On September 21st, the Senate unanimously approved her appointment to the nation's highest court, and on September 25th, she was sworn in by Chief Justice Warren Burger. Sandra Day was born in El Paso, Texas in 1930. She grew up on her family's cattle ranch in southeastern Arizona and attended Stanford University, where she studied economics. A legal dispute over her family's ranch stirred her interest in law, and in 1950, she enrolled in Stanford Law School. She took just two years to receive her law degree and was ranked near the top of her class. Upon graduation, she married John J. O'Connor III, a classmate. Because she was a woman, no law firm she applied to would hire her for a suitable position, so she turned to the public sector and found work as a deputy county attorney for San Mateo, California. In 1953, her husband was drafted into the U.S. Army as a judge, and the O'Connors lived for three years at West Germany, with Sandra working as a civilian lawyer for the Army. In 1957, they returned to the United States and settled down in Phoenix, Arizona, where they had three children in the six years that followed. During this time, O'Connor started a private law firm with her partner and became involved in numerous volunteer activities. In 1965, she became the Assistant Attorney General for Arizona. In 1969, she was appointed to the Arizona State Senate to occupy a vacant seat. Subsequently elected and re-elected to the seat, she became the first woman in the United States to hold the position of Majority Leader in a State Senate. In 1974, she was elected Superior Court Judge in Maricopa County, and in 1979 was appointed to the Arizona Court of Appeals by Governor Bruce Babbitt, a Democrat. Two years later, on July 7, 1981, President Reagan nominated her to the Supreme Court to fill a seat of a retiring Justice Potter Stewart, an Eisenhower appointee. In his 1980 presidential campaign, Reagan had promised to appoint a woman to the High Court at one of the earliest opportunities, and he chose O'Connor as out of a group of two dozen male and female candidates to be his first appointee to the High Court. O'Connor, known as a moderate conservative, faced opposition from anti-abortion groups who criticized her judicial defense of abortion rights on several occasions. Liberals celebrated the appointment of a woman to the Supreme Court but were critical of some of her views. Nevertheless, at the end of her confirmation hearings on Capitol Hill, the Senate voted unanimously to endorse her nomination. On September 25, 1981, she was sworn in as the 102nd Justice and First Woman Justice in Supreme Court history. Initially regarded as a member of court's conservative faction, she later emerged from William Rehnquist's shadow, Chief Justice from 1986 to 2005, as a moderate and pragmatic conservative. On social issues, she often voted with liberal justices, and in several cases she upheld abortion rights. During her time on the bench, she was known for her dispassionate and carefully researched opinions and was regarded as a prominent justice because of her tendency to moderate the sharply divided Supreme Court. O'Connor announced her retirement from Supreme Court on July 1, 2005. Her decision sparked dismay among pro-choice groups who worried that President George W. Bush would re- choose a replacement likely to overturn the Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision that established a right, woman's right to an abortion. O'Connor was replaced by Samuel Alito, who became the court's 110th justice in January of 2006. In two 
2022, Alito authored the court's majority opinion overturning Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, eliminating the constitutional right to abortion access. And then in 1947, something happened northwest of Roswell during a severe thunderstorm. Was it a flying saucer? Was it a weather balloon? What happened? The answer is nothing for many years, until leading UFO researcher Stanton Friedman came across the story in the early 1980s and began to search for the information and witnesses. That research brought him to Roswell, looking for the public information officer who had been at Roswell Army Airfield in 1947. That officer was Walter, Lieutenant Walter Hott. He still lived in Roswell and remembered the press release and the orders from his commanding officer. Friedman's investigation also led to many others, both military and private, who had information to add to the Roswell incident story. Stepping into the picture very strongly in the 1980s were Don Schmidt, Kevin Randall, and Tom Carey. Since then, Schmidt and Carey have dedicated their research to Roswell. When cowboy W.W. Mac Brazel, a foreman of the Foster Ranch near Corona, 75 miles north of Roswell, rode out to check on his sheep, the morning after a particularly violent thunderstorm in early July 1947, he and his younger brother, D. Proctor, found a wide swath of strange debris spread across the prairie. Basil Brazel collected several pieces of wood, metal, and foil that he later showed to the parents of his young friend. They urged him to report his finding to the authorities. On Sunday, July 6, Basil drove into Roswell, bringing his story and some of the debris to Sheriff George Wilcox in his office next to the jail at the back of the Chavez County Courthouse. The sheriff was not particularly interested, but did telephone the Roswell Army Airfield in case this indicated a crashed airplane. The recovered debris was gathered by military from the Roswell Army Airfield under direction of Base Intelligence Officer Major Jesse Marcel. On July 8, 1947, Public Information Officer Lieutenant Walter Hout issued a press release under orders from the base commander Colonel William Blanchard which said basically that we have in our possession a flying saucer. The next day, another press release was issued, this time from General Roger Ramey, stating it was a weather balloon. That was the start of some of the best-known and well-documented UFO cover-up. Once it became public, the event known as the Roswell Incident, the crash of an alleged flying saucer, the recovery of debris and bodies, and the ensuing cover-up by the military was such magnitude and so shrouded in mystery that over 70 years later, there are still more questions than answers. Books have been written and TV documentaries have been filmed. Witnesses have come forward. Skeptics have issued rebuttals to the incident and the debate continues. The alleged craft site is located on private land and is not accessible to the public. The International UFO Museum and Research Center, located at 114 North Main Street, is a nonprofit corporation founded in the fall of 1991 by Walter Hout, Glenn Dennis, and Max Liddell. The museum opened to visitors in the fall of 1992. The UFO Museum was organized to inform the public about what has come to be known as the Roswell Incident, as well as other aspects of the UFO phenomena. The corporation's mission statement includes the goal to educate, not convince, the general public about the Roswell Incident and all aspects of UFO phenomena. People from around the world travel to Roswell to what the UFO Museum has to offer. Some of the exhibits include information on the Roswell Incident, crop circles, UFO sightings, ancient astronauts, and extraterrestrial abductions. The exhibits are designed to encourage visitors to ask questions and to think outside the box. The UFO Museum's Research Center Library houses more than 7,000 books and over 30,000 magazines, periodicals, pamphlets, and more than 1,500 DVDs related to UFO phenomena. The library's friendly staff is available to help students of all ages with school projects and reports, as well as authors, researchers, and visitors seeking information. 
Once visitors began making their way to Roswell seeking more information on the 1947 incident, a number of local residents, in conjunction with the UFO Museum and Roswell Chamber of Commerce, came up with the idea of celebrating the anniversary of the Roswell incident every year during the first week of July. Since 1996, the Roswell UFO Festival has drawn thousands of visitors to the UFO Museum and to Roswell. The event is a fun-filled, entertaining, and educational weekend for all who attend. The UFO Museum hosts lectures from leading UFO researchers while the city of Roswell and Main Street Roswell bring together numerous vendors with food, memorabilia, music, and live entertainment. Other activities include alien costume contests for humans and pets, an evening light parade, carnival rides, and 4th of July fireworks. In 2022, the festival will mark the 75th anniversary of the Roswell incident. And finally... In 2007, the new official Seven Wonders of the World, as announced in random order at the official declaration ceremony on 777, are the Great Wall of China, Petra, Chichen Itza, the Statue of Christ Redeemer, the Colosseum, Machu Picchu, and the Taj Mahal. More than 100 million votes were cast worldwide. The new Seven Wonders are all equal. There is no rank among the list. Actress Hilary Swank, and Bipsha Basu and actor Ben Kingsley hosted the ceremonies in Lisbon's Benefica Stadium. Bernard Weber, who launched the New Seven Wonders Foundation to unite the world by honoring our common heritage, announced the organization's next project, the New Seven Wonders of Nature. Amir Dossal, executive producer of the United Nations Office for Partnerships, recognized the New Seven Wonders Foundation's ongoing efforts to promote the UN's Millennium Development Goals. Among highlights of the evening were performances by Jennifer Lopez and Jose Carreras, as well as Dulce Pontes, Chaka Khan, Alessandro Safina, and Joaquin Cortez. Seven Wonders were chosen because of the original list of ancient wonders, drawn more, more than 2,000 years ago, contains seven, and because the number seven has been shown time and time again to be the number of things the average person can remember. The Pyramids of Giza were also honored by the new Seven Wonders project as the only remaining of the seven ancient wonders of the world. Lisbon is now part of the making of history, the only and exclusive city in the world where the historical result of over 100 million votes was revealed. The official declaration of the new Seven Wonders of the World, and with this, Lisbon is now part of the global memory forever. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Sandra Day O'Connor at History.com The Roswell Timeline at CRoswell.com And New Seven Wonders of the Modern World at World.NewSevenWonders.com the music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.